What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. Hey, John Lim here. We've got a great episode. We're moving forward today with Rondine McAdig. Rondine is an attorney and social entrepreneur. She is the founder and CEO of Elevate, a company that connects students to industry leaders and career pathways. Their goal is to help students bridge achievement gaps to reach their full potential. How are you today, Rondine? I'm feeling wonderful. Thanks to you, John. (laughs) Thank you. And I have to give a shout out to our mutual friend, Winnie Sun. We met back in December when I was uh, out visiting California and we went to uh, a great coffee shop. And that's when you stepped inside and and Winnie just like her face lit up when she saw you and then did the introduction. So I mean, what more could I ask for? I mean, a, a friend of Winnie, I know is is an amazing person. Well, thank you. Likewise, Winnie is just such a wonderful person and a wonderful connector. And I believe there are no coincidences. So Absolutely. we were meant to meet. <laughs> Absolutely. So Rondine, I only gave a little bit on that intro. So you are an attorney and you're also a social entrepreneur. Tell our listeners a little bit about your background. Did you know that you were going to be an attorney? Talk a little bit about that journey. Well, at age seven, I actually jumped on my family's coffee table and said, listen, listen, everyone, I'm going to be a business attorney. (laughs) (laughs) And it it took a little bit of a longer journey to make that happen. Yeah. uh, Because it's about my my third career. Mm Mm-hmm. But the dream just kept on calling to me. Yeah. So that's when I went ahead and uh, went forward with that. Uh, well, And Rondine, I've got to ask you. So it's not every day you hear seven-year-old. I mean, I, I, it may not be unusual to hear a seven-year-old say, I want to be a lawyer. I think I was maybe a little bit older than that when I said I'm going to be an attorney. But business or corporate lawyer, that's not something I hear seven-year-olds say every day. So what inspired you to want to choose that as your first career? Well, my parents were insatiable readers, mm-hmm. and so I saw in the back of a book jacket this story about corporate espionage and <laughs> corporate attorney being a part of it. Yeah. So I thought, okay, that sounds really cool. I want to be that. Oh, that's great. And so how, I, did you, how did your family react when you got up on the table and made this proclamation? Well, apparently I used to make a lot of proclamations, so they just kind of went with it. But then I kept talking about it. Yeah. So they they knew, my parents knew at some point in my journey that that was going to be a part of it. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So you went to school then. I'm guessing that you went to, I mean, you spent high school and then college totally focused, laser focused on becoming an attorney and going to law school. Um, So talk a little bit about that. How did that journey evolve for you as you were pursuing your higher education? Well, what's interesting is that I have a very circuitous path. (laughs) I love those. Those are my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) So I went to high school in the Philippines and a week Later, my family moved us here. So oh, okay. my older brother, my younger sister, and I uh, followed my mom and an older sister here. Mm-hmm. And so that was probably the most difficult part of 
um, moving to a whole new country right out of high school and having to figure out, okay, I have my acceptance letters to the Ivy League schools in my uh, in my home country. What do I do now? Mm. Not having an SAT score, not having a, a high school diploma from the U.S. So it really was navigating my way through having to recreate my social circle, yeah. having to uh, sign up for colleges, having to work to put myself through college and then uh, through law school. So it's a really interesting journey to me that it, it took me so long and I wasn't the best student when, you know, when I was going to, to undergrad, but it really, when, when it's something that you are committed to or a dream that you set for yourself Mm -hmm. and you know that that's the life that you want, um, it, it finds a way to make it happen. To yeah. lead you to the answers that you need. Yeah. And so, Rondine, I, let's flash forward. You work really hard. You really commit yourself. Not only are you dealing with the, the educational hurdles, but the cultural hurdles of moving to the U.S. and navigating the educational system. You graduate law school. What happens next? So... Well, let's backtrack a little bit to the first semester of the first year of law school, where I thought, you know, I'm an older student. This, I'm going to learn as much as I can within the first five years of practice. Then I don't need to be in the courtroom every day. Mm -hmm. I can probably have more social impact, a greater reach, instead of just helping one client at a time. So maybe I could do something in business law right now, labor and employment law, maybe environmental law. But at some point within the five years of practice, I want to start my own thing. And wouldn't you know it, I forgot all about that. And four and a half years of practice within real estate, doing complex commercial litigation, helping corporate clients. I lived my way into co-founding a nonprofit organization that served youth and then quickly realized I needed to start something that was um, a for-profit company that would enable me to still scale and help as many people as I can within that realm. And I, I, always knew that tapping into the power of youth was really going to be the answer for me. Yeah. And I've got to ask you, Rondine, were you happy practicing law? Because my own particular journey, I went in from a young age saying, I want to be an attorney. But when I actually got out to practice, it was not a great fit for me. And that was a real shock to my system. And I had quite a circuitous journey. But what about your journey? So you were in practice for four and a half years. What were those years like for you? I loved it. I loved uncovering the layers mm. and helping out yeah. my clients. Yeah. So, you know, peeling back to get to the truth of the matter, to yeah. advocate for my clients, that's the best part for me. Um what I miss the most is sometimes the the craziness of litigation. <laughs> it is tough. It is tough on 
um, a person's quality of life. You know, there are so many uh, myths about going to law school and becoming a lawyer that a lot of particularly minority law students don't understand going in. Sure. So it's it's a bit of a harder challenge once you start practicing. Yeah. But I'm of the firm belief that going to law school and practicing law is such a noble profession. Mm. And it's it really warms my heart depending on the client mm-hmm. and de- depending on the issue and the parties. If it's really something important, I'm, I'm there. I love the practice of law. And as a matter of fact, I'm an advocate in my, in my off time. Um, that's what I do is still being active in the legal community and advocating for underrepresented folks. I love so it. I love it. that part I love. Yeah. And the business that I'm in now, the gift that going to law school and being a lawyer and having been trained to think differently and think outside the box when we're tackling social issues, that's the gift that being a lawyer has given me and continues to give me. I love that story. And I'm, I, and I'm, and it actually takes us to our next topic. So let's talk about the, the, the transition into becoming a social entrepreneur. So this is something that you had in mind. It sounds like it was gestating as you were building your legal career. So talk a little bit about that, that transition into what you do today. You know, I'm, I always believe that, we have we may not always like the day-to-day functions of wherever we're working in and whatever industry that we're in. Mm-hmm. And having worked for about 15 years before I even went to law school, I had I already um, developed and honed some of the skill sets that I would bring into the role that, you know, whichever role that I'm taking on. So the transition between becoming an attorney for me was putting in really long hours. You know how many hours it takes to get those billable requirements, right? So, you know, putting in those hours, working beyond 40 hours a week, sometimes, you know, at the time, uh, my view is of the Disneyland fireworks, and they come on pretty late. So if I'm seeing the fireworks a lot, oh, that means I'm, I'm putting in a lot of hours yeah. at work. So um, I, it was so important to me to, to continue to be engaged in the community. Mm-hmm. And so I volunteered a lot. Even while I was in law school, I understand the power of having a really solid network that I could turn to. Yes. So during law school... I was on the board of directors for several nonprofit agencies, and I just continued that on into practice. And I may have scaled back on some of them, but I would volunteer whenever I could at different events. I didn't have to be a member of that organization to be able to give back. Yeah, And I was raised to know that I can do good things while I'm doing great for myself. I so it <laughs> it was just finding those avenues to give back. Yeah. yeah. Time, talent, treasure, whatever it may be, 
So that led me to helping start the nonprofit that I co-founded. And then after two years, the business model and as a business attorney, I thought I could I could really support underrepresented communities by transforming young minds. So what are those ways that I could do that? And so I had to learn a whole different industry. The education industry in particular is so fascinating Mm. to me and all the interventions and the preventive measures and figuring out ways on how to make students become more successful. For me, coming from the mindset of an entrepreneur, a business lawyer, and really seeing the need to change people's perspectives and really celebrate their cultural identity and being so diverse. I live in California, Mm -hmm. one of the most diverse places on the planet. How do we then find our commonalities and be bound by those, but then also figuring out where we're all diverse so that we can become even more powerful. Because having different lived experiences and different perspectives, if we put all of that together, we can really come up with some pretty novel solutions to what we're facing today, some of the social issues that we're facing today. Yeah, and hence the name of your company, The Branding is So Perfect, Elevate, which I absolutely love. So, Rondine, you've got a pretty big, big why. What would you say is the biggest challenge you face today in achieving your goal? Well, working within the educational system and working within academic institutions, sometimes there are silos that we need to bridge and connect. Mm -hmm. And we have to follow some of the rules and regulations that are out there. But really the the those we can navigate through. Right. Those just take a matter of time. And I will say, I mean, the legal background really is an asset and it's helped me as an entrepreneur when it comes to navigating those those rules, those regulations and that that landscape. I couldn't agree with you more. That's why I'm saying having that legal background is a gift. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Rondine, so uh, you said those you can navigate. So is there another challenge beyond that that uh, really is the big one that uh, you're facing today and achieving your goal? Yes. So our key goal is to transforming perspectives so that young minds can really tap into their full potential. Mm -hmm. We're told that success is done through a traditional pathway of getting your undergrad and getting your master's degree and getting your, your doctorate. And sometimes that's not the case for everybody. Very true. The, the challenge, the biggest challenge is for us to be able to communicate to a 22 year old or a 15 year old, the power that they have, Mm. the power that they have yet to discover. And that having the core values of what it takes to be a good human being and a good teammate and a good leader, that that's all within. Yeah. 
And it's just a matter of practicing those values until that's completely ingrained. And the biggest challenge that we face sometimes is bridging that gap where people think they are and where we know they can become. Mm, I love that. That you just you that was so eloquent the way you stated that and it's almost like you can see the potential, but the challenge is getting the young people that you work with to see that within them. So, Rondine, what are some of the, the ways that you handle this challenge, that you move forward past it? So working within academic institutions uh, and just organizations in general, and what we, we've seen out there is this hyper-focus on um, stress reduction mm. and anxiety reduction and um, reducing suicidal ideation among the younger population. Uh, um, there's also this challenge and understanding that our young people are so hyper-stressed mm. these days. Yes. And it's for me, it's approaching it differently. It's approaching it from a place of teaching them and really practicing with them mindfulness and the power of meditation and building up our self-confidence until we become unshakable no matter what's happening and circling around us and really figuring out how we can instill a growth mindset. Mm. Yes. In each person that we interact with, whether it's a student or whether it's an employee of an organization or the leaders of an organization. Oftentimes we get so used to thinking that a certain situation can only go one way. But if we're showing them all of the different perspectives and all the different approaches that could bring about the solution that we're seeking, that's the key. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. And moving forward, listeners, I hope you are getting inspired by Rondine's story and her mission. Rondine, are you ready for the Knowledge Burst session? Let's do it. All right. Excited to have you on the show. So I'm switching it up a little bit uh, with, with our recent guest. So I'm excited to ask you, best gift to give that costs under $30? I'd say time. Oh, that's a good one. Well, explain that one a little bit because time is is a finite resource. So how do you give the gift of time? So when I am celebrating with somebody, one of my dear, dear friends, for example, we do things together and it doesn't have to cost anything. It could be a walk. It could be swimming. It could be, you know, just hanging out in the backyard. And all that takes is a little bit of time. And the older that that we're getting, the more fulfilling it is to be able to connect in that way, even if it's just for a few minutes. I love that. That is an amazing, amazing answer. And that is a fantastic, fantastic gift that you give. Rondine, I'm excited to ask you. So we all have practices. We all have habits What is one thing you do which goes against conventional wisdom that everyone else says is wrong but works really well for you? Not being so busy. Hmm. Explain that one. 
So when I ask people, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. Everything's so great. For me, the way that I clear my mind space and my heart space to get the um, to get the creative ideas, to figure out how I'm going to tackle such a big issue is to slow down mm-hmm. and to not be busy and to go within. Yeah. So for, for me, finding the time, making the time and scheduling it so that I can meditate and get those fantastic downloads uh, of ideas and approaches to the people that we're working with um, it's, it's probably not normal to, to slow down as often, <laughs> yes. uh, but, but that's what I've been doing and it's really helped me out. I love that one. What a great share. Rondine, I'm excited to ask you, what is one small choice or activity you're making today? It could be, it could be something you did earlier today or something you plan on doing this afternoon to move forward. To reach out. And to ask for the business and ask for a close. I love it. I absolutely love it. What a great, great, great share. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com All right, Rondine, ready to do a little travel? Okay. We're going to step into a time machine. We're setting the date for five years from today. Tell me who you are in five years. Me and a better version of me. Tell me what that looks like. More reach, more talent and skills honed, a more impactful ability to connect really quickly with somebody so that they could transform, even if it's in one interaction. Mm, I love it. And so, so crystal clear what your vision is for the future. Absolutely love it. Rondine, how can our listeners connect with you and learn about all the fantastic work that you're doing? Please follow us on social media at Elevate Tomorrow, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and also at Rondine at ElevateTomorrow.com. And we will have all of that on the right. Rondine, I'd love to have you close out the show. Share some parting wisdom with our Moving Forward listeners. Whatever your dream is, if you're really committed to it, then it deserves all the action and all the inspired ideas and the courage to go after it. Rondine, and you are proof positive that it is possible. I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us today to share your extraordinary story and some great knowledge bursts so that our listeners can move forward. Thank you so much. Thank you, John. And moving forward, listeners. Remember, check it out one more time, bemovingforward.com. You can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, at bemovingforward. Join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. Have a great week. And remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.